Welcome to the Kyle Style Podcast. Back with another installment. I want to talk about a spooky story. The story begins with feet. Severed, detached, human feet. Since August 20th of 2007, detached human feet were washing up on the coast of what is known as the Salish Sea in British Columbia and down into Puget Sound in Washington State. There have been 10 or 11 feet that have been found. Um, most often, most often, right feet. Most often, inside socks and inside shoes. Some of these feet have been matching pairs. Some of them have not. And it's a mystery. Typically, they have not been matched with a body. This has been an ongoing mystery for, well, you know, eight years now, occurring most recently in uh, 2014. And it, uh, it reminds me, the circumstances remind me of uh, a much older story, a story that took place in, uh, on the west coast of Scotland back in oh, circa 1660. I believe the story was first recounted in Volume 1 of the Newgate Calendar, first published in 1760. However, the story is accounted to have taken place under James I, who was then James VI of Scotland, so between 1585 and 1603. The story goes something like this. The man named Sawney Bean, I believe that's the correct pronunciation, was born uh, just outside of uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, to a, a man who was a, his father was a, a ditch digger and a hedge trimmer. And uh, Sawney Bean was you know, kind of supposed to take up this mantle as well, but he was shiftless. He was uh, disinterested. So he uh, set off on his own into the wilderness. Uh, he also met a young lady who was of a similarly uh, wayward bent. She had been accused of witchcraft and being a demon. So presumably was uh, something of a wild child, I'm sure. Now the two of them set off, you know, across Scotland, and it's believed that they began engaging in criminal behavior to uh, make ends meet and keep their stomachs full, I'm sure. But eventually they came to a geological uh, location, which is a cave. A cave right on the coast. At low tide, the cave entrance was visible from the shore. And you could enter the cave, and it would uh, slant upward 
so that there was a dry space inside, even when the tide came in, concealed the, the entrance to the cave, but left a dry area inside where you could uh, make a something of a, a home. There was also apparently a surface entrance, uh, you know, at the top of the cave. They lived here for, or for some 25 years they were together, and uh, they fostered many children. <laughs> uh, so Sawney's family at this time, besides himself, consisted of his wife, eight sons, six daughters, 18 grandsons, and 14 granddaughters. All of these children, of course, were begotten by incest. Okay, so, uh, you know, uh, inbred Scottish uh, hillbillies uh, living in a cave. All right. What's the big deal? Well, pickled, butchered human remains were known to sometimes wash up on shore near local area villages. This area, again, is uh, on the, the west coast of Scotland, uh, a region known as uh, Gallo or, Ga or Galloway. Pickled human remains would wash up on shore. There were also, it was also known that lots of merchants and travelers would go missing on the roads in the area. It was purported to be that uh, oftentimes innkeepers were held in suspicion about this because they would often be the last person to see these travelers alive. But the story really comes to a head when, when a man and his wife on horseback, after leaving a uh, harvest fair, were attacked by Sonny Bean and his family. But they attacked the wrong man. This man pulled out a pistol and a sword and proceeded to attempt to escape from them as they were attacking him. The account goes that his wife was pulled from the horse and was set upon by these savages. And they began butchering her and uh, biting her even uh, while the man attempted to rescue her. But, the, you know, there's many of them and they kept him at a distance. They were attacking the horse. He realized that he probably he couldn't save his wife, so he fled. And he fled back to the fair. Uh, apparently he was known as a reputable person told others as what had just happened and a party went back out to the site his wife's body was gone but you could tell where the struggle had ensued and they attempted to track them but they you know wildlings uh, sort of fled into the bush and couldn't be found now the account goes that uh, the king himself heard about this incident and took it upon himself to get involved. So 
the king arrived with a detachment of some 400 men. They scoured the forest. They, they brought bloodhounds with them. Tracked, tracked them to the entrance to the surface cave. Right? There, the, the surface entrance to the cave. And at first didn't believe that, you know, that the people would be in there. Uh, eventually they made their way inside. And the account reads, Now the whole body, or as many of them as could go in, were all so shocked at what they beheld that they were almost ready to sink into the earth. Legs, arms, thighs, hands, and feet of men, women, and children were hung up in rows like dried beef. A great many limbs laid in pickle, and a great mass of money, both gold and silver, with watches, rings, swords, pistols, and a large quantity of clothes, both linen and woolen, and an infinite number of other things which they had taken from those they had murdered, were thrown together in heaps, or hung up against the sides of the den. The account goes on to say that uh, when they realized they were trapped in the cave, they were surrounded, the Sawney Bean cannibal murderer bandit clan all surrendered. They were put in chains and marched back to uh, to Edinburgh. There the men were dismembered, hands and legs severed uh, in front of the uh, the women. And then the women were uh, all burned to death on separate fires. And allegedly the older daughters shouted at the mob or the, the observers there that uh, that couldn't be understood. You know, some kind of sort of wildling language. So we come back around. Is the story of Sonny Bean true? It has detractors. There is a tourist destination in Scotland that purports to be the actual cave itself. Uh, some believe that it was simply a propaganda tool to demonize the Scots, uh, as it was first reported in an English newspaper. But it does make you wonder. Do the forests on the Pacific Northwest coast have eyes, as it were? Is there a murderous clan of deranged cannibals hidden in the twisted old-growth forests? And do they prey upon the, the defenseless, maybe hikers, Maybe travelers on the roadways, uh, beachgoers. Well, I don't know either. But I dare you to try not to think about it the next time you go hiking in the forests and mountains. <laughs>